Hey, Pro fans, thanks for your support. Whether you're subscribing to the podcast through iTunes, visiting pulpmx.com, streaming the show via the Stitcher app on your smartphone, or buying from our show sponsor, btosports.com, without you, we could not do this. You can still type M-A-T-T-H-E-S upon checkout at btosports.com if your order is $100 or more for a discount. Lastly, for some insider info and maybe a laugh or two, Follow Mathis's Twitter updates at twitter.com slash pulpmx. episode of the Steve Mathis Show, there is a high chanceability. You will either learn something a lot of people don't know. You left thinking or make you say to yourself Dude, that's so funny. The bottom line is, this podcast serves as archival documentation of this interview. Welcome to the BTOsports.com podcast show, brought to you by RacerX, hosted by Steve Mathis. Welcome to the Racer X podcast show brought to you by BTOsports.com. BTOsports.com, one of the aftermarket leaders in things for your bike and body and also a proud sponsor of the show. Please support them or guys like my guests can't keep coming on. And that would be none other than Racer X's Jason Wygant and David Pingree. Uh, Ping, what's going on? Oh, just been sitting around all day waiting for you to call me. Yeah, yeah, I know. And, and Weege, how are you? Yeah, same thing. I'm like a girl waiting for a potential prom date, just sitting by the phone waiting for the guy to call. It's uh, 9.41 on a Tuesday, and as I tweeted earlier, trying to get you two together to do a podcast is like Iraq, Iran. Like, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just not going to happen. Like, you two just don't have the same schedules or something. So here we are, late at night on a Tuesday. Wait, wait till we go back to Morgantown, and then let's see go down. Yeah. yeah, this will be 12.40 a.m. for me, although I'm generally available at that time. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. One with a newborn and one with two little girls, and I mean, I have four dogs and no life, so I'm okay. But you guys all right with you're, me you're checking my to... spokes and working on my bike while we do this? Uh, um, oh, no. Quiet. That's part of the atmosphere. Isn't that good? That's part of the atmosphere. All right. Where are you going riding? I finally get to ride tomorrow. I'm going to Milestone, so I got to make sure you know YZ125 straight to rip. Nice, nice. What are you doing? Just riding, or you actually have a purpose? No, just riding, which is nice. Doesn't happen often for me. So no. I, um, all yeah. right, let's let's talk about Oakland. Um, man, the Raiders eight and eight this year. Good year. Uh, Darren McFadden. No, wait, other other sport. Um, the Oakland Supercross came and went. Um, uh, interesting to um, see in my observations column. Why can't I? Uh, I got a reply from Rich Winkler of Dirtworks, who uh, ex- oh, yeah? explained the track a little bit to me. Um, because I, I said it was a little easy, and Ping, you saw this on TV. So, uh, but yeah. uh, uh, I I thought the track was a little easy. Rich explained that he thought that the uh, the one rhythm section before the finish 
was uh, it, it turned out exactly like I said. He thought there'd be many options, but going ping, going on and on and off a tabletop is generally preferable to airing it out, correct? <laughs> like 10 times out of 10. Yes, th- thank you. So when I walk the track, I'm like, okay, on, off, triple into the corner. Bingo, bango. You know, that's the only line. Sure, you can go over, but you're, you would also get past. Um, Rich said now, that. Now, that, be, that being said, they can make it so that, it, you know, the other way is quicker, but you have to modify it. You can't just leave it yeah. a tabletop with a steep face and backside. Yeah. No, they and just, expect them to hit it, you know, jump out of the stadium. Yeah, no, they left it. Uh, but the point I'm getting to this, Weege, is uh, Rich said that the other rhythm section, which was a triple-triple, he said there was yep. numerous options to that, and many people were doing different things in passing. And, and my reply to Rich would be, well, that's only because it was raining and nobody could triple-triple. Otherwise, that is the only line. Anyways, what do you think uh, of the track? I'm going to agree on that. And the on-off, he can claim uh, there were two passes in the last lap, Metcalf past Kennard and Reed past Dungey in that section. However, I would still say that's partially because of the rainy conditions because yeah. it was tricky to get out of that corner, and only occasionally could you you know go to the middle or the inside of that 180 and still do the on-off properly, right. only because of the weather conditions. I think if it had been perfect conditions, everyone could have gone to the inside or anywhere they wanted, yeah. and it wouldn't have been a down. And we would have seen a 42-second lap, 43-second lap time. Um, yeah, but just, but now, I, I, I want to go ahead and qualify this by yeah. saying I was not there, so yeah. my opinion doesn't mean anything. <laughs> but I'm going to go ahead and concur. Like, just what I saw, if it wasn't for the rain, that track would have been, like, snoozeville. Right. Exactly. And, 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 and also, let's not forget, Weege, thanks to Dandy Dan Reardon for getting in the way in one of those passes that happened. What? What do you mean? With the, oh, oh, as a lap rider yeah, causing... causing uh, a pass. With Dungey? Yeah. Yeah, but Dungey also screwed up the corner. He was trying to stay to the inside, and you saw him, like, yeah. fumbling, like, trying to make the bike but, turn in that rut, which is partially the condition. So, yeah, it was a lot of good things of the right time. I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't pumped. I wasn't pumped. I like the whoops. Um, yeah. Big, dangerous. Um, mm-hmm. Took a lot of guys out, which maybe, <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they weren't that good. But, uh, uh um, I, I think big, big and dangerous. That's what you like to see. I like to see that. I mean, not to ride it, but in the uh, ladies. I, <laughs> uh, yeah, I like my whoops. Like I like my ladies. Um, <laughs> no, like a lot of dudes out. You know, like the early two thousands when when MC days. Um, those things really separate. But then you have lots of separation between the really good guys and the guys uh, just holding on for dear life. So I don't know. Anyways, the point is. I didn't like the track that much. Uh, um, Ping, neither did you, and Weege, neither did you, and so I'm right, and Rich Winkler's wrong, and that's the end well, of that. Well, no, I'm going to show my lack of expertise when it comes to riding uh, based on um, one former pro racer and one pro mechanic who had at least walked the track with pro racers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when I first saw the track, and it had an over-under, the huge whoops, and the rhythm lanes looked different than what they normally look like. It didn't result in any more options, but the whole basic layout of the track was not cookie cutter. It was a lot different than what we normally see. Yeah. When I first went out there, uh, the track walk, I think people were pumped. They were like, wow, this is cool. It's different. The over-under, the start is different than usual. This is different. The sand turns cool. And then I think once everybody studied it, they're like, oh, no, wait. Everyone's going to do this and everyone's going to do that. But it started out with some enthusiasm. Maybe just because of the over-under. When are, you gonna, when, when are they going to realize, and, and again, they're going to see it this weekend, when are they going to realize 
You can't put sand in a turn. It just ends one up line. being one giant line. Right, Ping? Yep. Um, yeah, it's pretty much how it sorts out. And what mean, are you going to do? Take the outside line? Are you going to go outside the massive berm that's built up? Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. And, and they did it this weekend, and nobody could do anything different. I like the sand, like Oakland or uh, L.A. sand, great. It, it got rough, and it was two, two or three lines through it, and it was cool. But I just – this weekend, I don't know if you guys saw, there's like an S-turn in, in a sand section. So, welcome to Freight Trainsville, you know. Well, you know, in their defense, there's been times where that works out. Um, but they have to get in there with the skip loader and, like, create the two lines. You know what I mean? And right. if one's clearly faster, throw some big, you know, piles in that lane and right. create two lines. You just flatten out sand and let guys go, it's going to be one line. Yeah, well... Anyways, enough about the track. Seven minutes yeah, of me ranting about the I track. Thought, I thought you'd be having to tuck your wiener into your belt all day because it had an over-under bridge. Yeah, I do love the over-under. It's, it's what that saved it. The over-under saved it from being a complete write-off. Um, I, what do you think of over-under pings? But, I mean, for reals, okay, I, I write about them. I, I think they're a really cool obstacle, and they give you a lot of chances to do things. But but am I off base? I mean, what do you think of over-under bridges? Well, they, they give you um, – they open up a lot more options for them to be creative with track design. When you can obviously cut back onto the track, it lets you, you know, mm-hmm. do things you couldn't otherwise do. As far as racing goes, they're not that good because the angle that they've got to use on them, um, I don't know, it's usually hard to get it right, and it's kind of narrow up top. I don't know. It's not that great, really. I actually, there was they've done it a couple times where they'll um, – have you step up onto the top of it and then off over something? Ooh, those are those are deadly. Yeah, they're fun though. Oh. Especially if you're in the stands watching. Yeah, it's really like fun. Yeah, like the whoops. Yeah, yeah. Whoops. Uh, I think Mike Mike Alessi still is probably having nightmares from those whoops. Um, Poor Mike Alessi. Um, no, okay, yeah, I, I just like over under bridges. It's the bottom line. They're good. Um, so Weege is uh. James Stewart, is this the beginning of a streak? Is this the beginning of a run for him? He dominated. He did, but um, there was absolutely no no um, opportunity to gauge himself with Villapoto in this one. So I think as long as they ho- keep holding that judgment off, as long as they keep finding a way to fall down instead of race against each other head-to-head, mm-hmm. there's no way you can declare anyone a winner. So, right. yeah, I know his lap times in the heat race were, like, ridiculously fast. Um, but we've seen a couple times this year and normally for Villapoto that, you know, when he has to in a race, he seems to find something extra. So I don't think you can guarantee Stewart would have won mm-hmm. just because he went so fast in the heat. But, man, it was, what was it, a second and a half faster than anyone else? Is he raced yeah. last <laughs> Yeah, it was ridiculous. What about the main event, though? Yeah, RV had a faster time in the main. Yeah. 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 So I don't think you can – I don't think you can – plus they didn't get to race. I don't – Villapoto has a way of stepping up, it seems like, in the actual race. But, so, I don't yeah. think those heat race times indicate much. Well, I'm glad that James used my 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 column for motivation that he had. To, oh yeah, you know. Um, I, wait, hold on a second though. Let's discuss this. And Payne, I don't know if you read. I did the Monday conversation with Stewart, and he was very glad to have won a race after all these people wrote him off after LA. And I know that Mathis, you were one of them for sure. It was pretty harsh comparing him to an arthritic dog. <laughs> 
I mean, that's pretty harsh. No, no. I, see, I was just about to say, who are these people who wrote him off? And then, okay. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no. I no, remember that no. I didn't write him off. I simply said, Buddy, because of his condition, Buddy could no longer get the squeaker all the time. And my, my analogy was James crashed in that heat race and then him getting beat straight up in two races and crashing the way he did in that heat race. I mean, it was like an amateur crash. That that perhaps now this is James's can't get the squeaker moment. He's now reduced to being normal, you know, because old Butters gets the squeaker all the time, no matter what. But now he's getting a little old. So I didn't mean it in an old arthritic sense. I mean it in a in a in a way you look at I looked at Buddy now like in a different way, like, oh, he's getting old. I look at Stuart like, oh, he's just another rider. A a great rider, but I always just had so much respect for him as far as being so much better than everybody else, and now I'm looking at him like, "Hey, he's in a dogfight for his title." That's that's the the thing I wanted to get through. So, well, in his interview, Stewart well, says he goes too far, though. He says a lot of people said I would never win another race. Like, were people even said? Yeah, yeah, no, that yeah. LA? Well, that's what I wrote. I, I who who said that he would not win another race? Who who would ever have said that? You know, an arthritic dog wouldn't have a very good chance. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, he—he's there's nothing to believe with Villapoto washing out, Ping, that uh, that Stewart's not going to be in a fight the whole way, right? No, I mean he's going to definitely. Whoever wins this is going to have to earn it. I mean, yeah. either you know, either one of those guys, if they are sort of going to break away point wise and everything else for everybody else, they're going to push each other. And you know, I keep saying Reed's going to figure it out, and he's going to get better and better, and. He's getting better and better. And I think Dungey's going to do the same. So those guys are going to keep the pressure on all year. They still think they can win and want to win. Right. So I don't know. Whoever, yeah, whoever wins each weekend, it's going to be in a win. We were just sure. blown away by Reed even staying close to Stewart at times in 08? 08? No, 09. Beginning of 09? Oh nine, yeah. We were blown away by. Oh my God, he he's giving him a race. Holy crap! And 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 you know, a lot of times he did sixty percent of the time or so. He probably did give James a hell of a race. So we were blown away. But now maybe we shouldn't be blown away. You know that that even Dungey can stick with Stewart. Although, you know, Stewart and Villapoto have the fastest lap times in every main event so far this year. So they clearly are a step above everybody. But it's a little step. But but okay, uh, you, but you say even Dungey, like even Dungey can keep up with him. Yeah. <laughs> I think you underestimate Dungey and Reed. I mean, yeah. they've gotten faster than they used to be. And uh, Stewart probably was a little more wild, like Buddy in his younger day, all just asshole and elbows going after the squeaker. Right. But he probably has mellowed out a little bit. That's a good thing. But those guys have also stepped it up, man. I mean, you, uh, I think you. I don't know. I think you uh, don't give them enough credit for closing that gap up. Right. Well, the thing, uh, thing, another thing in your interview, Weech, was was Stewart said that, you know, everybody got on him for winning or crashing, and now that he's he's uh, maybe checking up a bit, um, everybody's on him, bagging on him that he's lost it. But I mean, he said wreckers are checkers to everybody, win or crash. That's what I do. Uh, you know, he can't blame us for going, hey, what are you doing? I thought you win or crash. Because, yeah, I don't buy it. He's not, he's, I, I, you know. I believe he is definitely, definitely riding a little bit more conservative than he used to 
So when he says, that's my style, I'm not going to change it, I think he already did. Right. I know he did fall in L.A., but that was just – that was a front end. We haven't seen in the actual races, in the main event, mm-hmm. we haven't seen any, you know, re- ridiculous crashes from him or really many ridiculous moves, not right. even like close calls. He's, yeah. In the 20 laps that count for points, he's actually been pretty consistent. Yeah, he, he, he hasn't pulled out crazy balls at all. No, no. No. Second turn on the main, he did when he bought past three dudes yeah. in one turn. Yeah. But, and he even said, I had to pull out some old James Stewart. And I'm like, well, I'm thinking, I thought the new James Stewart is still the old James yeah, Stewart. Well, so, yeah, yeah. He's exactly. Thank you. That's what I'm getting yeah. at. Thank you. Yeah. He has backed it down, which is all right because, right. okay, Anaheim won 2009, zero points or one point, yeah. and uh, Phoenix 2010 out for basically for the series right there. So. For him to just make it to round four, okay, that's actually a lot better than the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and Ouija had an inter- interesting thought about Dungey about how he was sort of cruising up until uh, um, RV got by him, huh? Okay, yeah, this is what I'm trying to figure out: is Dungey saying I'm gonna kind of like Reed used to, and maybe Reed's still doing now? Is Dungey saying I'm gonna let the two crazy balls? I'm going to take my chances that they're going to end up on their head. I'm going to play that. I'm not going to try to go after them toe-to-toe every week. I'm going to play the they're going to give me 25 points back at some point card. And we've seen that happen with other guys. It seems to me like Dungy does not ride as fast as he can all the time where those two do. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't. I I don't think that's a good strategy. (laughs) But, I mean, maybe. Right. But, uh, okay, the first, whatever, lap or two of that race, Villapoto was like, I'm out of here. I'm gone. Yeah. And Stewart was like, yeah, so am I. See you guys. <laughs> and the lead they had on lap two on Reed, they had like, I think it was like four or five seconds in two laps. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Reed said, you know, his ignition was bad and he had some bike problems. But what was the Dungey's excuse? And then later, Villapoto catches back up to Dungey after falling. And then Dungey looks back and says, oh, I better step it up. And yeah. then he rides away from him. Yeah. Where was that? Beginning. Where was that? Yeah, I don't know. Or in L.A., it's like, oh, I'm behind Stewart. I'll just have to try to go as fast as Stewart now. And he did. Like, what's up? Yeah, I don't know. I, it, it almost seems to me like he's calculating, measuring, you know, not just going all out all the time. Like, clearly those other two are. Right. What do you think, Ping? Is that a good strategy? I don't know. <clears throat> you, you have to go for wins at some point when there's, you know, guys that are consistently getting wins. Mm-hmm. Um you know, Ricky used to always say the series doesn't even start until you get to Daytona. Oh, God. Here we go. <clears throat> and, well, I'm just saying, who does, who does Ryan Dungey emulate in every single possible way that he can? So, Weege, can you rattle off some stats right now, please? No, I'm not saying Ricky didn't win, but he never won the opener, and he typically didn't throw it into, you know, high gear until okay. a few rounds into the series. All right, you ready for this? Weege, tell him. I do have to... This is the part that perplexes me. I believe since 2003, Carmichael won one race after Daytona on the calendar. One race ever. If you look at every year he won the title, he had built up a huge lead by Daytona, and then the lead dwindled once he was coasting on it, which made no sense to me. It was more like the series begins at Daytona, and I've already built up a 20-point lead by winning races early in the season. Like I don't. He always said that. Yeah, he said that, Ping, but the stats prove differently. The stats don't uh, agree with what he says. Hmm. 
I, I know maybe the date is wrong. Like, well, I, what do you mean? He only won right. one race in all those years from Daytona on. That is that, from, that can't be right. From '03 on. From uh, yeah, '03 on. '03, '04, won the last '05. Reed won the last six. Uh, as we all know, in '03, breathing down his neck. '04, he didn't race. Uh, '05, I think he won. I think he won one uh, late in the year. '06 was when he was hitting the boat and riding conservatively, apparently, because he had a points lead. Um, 07, he was done racing, and that's it. So it doesn't doesn't really wash. Um, but I think the general well, What about prior to that? What about the from the time he started until that point? Well, yeah, there's 01 and 02 where he won. He won two titles there. And I think, well, 01, he won every single race. What, he won the last 13? Um, 02 would be the only year where it would actually be like that because what did Villeman hurt himself? Right before they right? Yeah. So that would be the only year where he truly, second half of the year after Daytona. So that's, you know, one out of the five titles he won, he won by pouring it on down the stretch. Now, maybe he could have if he needed to, and the other years he didn't need to. But it's perplexing to me that okay. series begins at Daytona, and I got a 20-point lead by then, even though I didn't care about those opening races. Yeah. So anyway, back to Dunge. Back to Dunge. Yeah. Uh, well. We just rock Ping's world. I'll probably be able to sleep tonight, honestly. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, it could be Dungeons just doing, just playing it safe. It could be that. Could be the the mantra. You know, I mean, definitely. If there's two guys that you know you would think could crash, it would be RV and Stewart. I mean, based on their past performance, but I believe they're both a little changed this year. You know. Well, what do you think, Mathis? What do you think watching watching Dungey? Is he just not as fast as them, or is there? Like, yeah, it is a little weird to me. He's the champ, but it's he's not he's not really in a hunt. Yeah, well, there there was a journalist on the series who told me in a in a theory that I stole and told to Ryan's mom. Um, oh no! The that uh, 2011, we will really see what kind of champion Ryan Dungey is. Oh. <laughs> I don't know who gave you that advice. Yeah, well, I don't know either. That's but a terrible I, question. I sure. told I told Michelle Dungey that at the Motocross to Nations, and uh, and I just said, hey, you know, he rode awesome because she was saying about all the haters. She was complaining about the haters, and I said, well, you know, in my usual uh, buck wild manner, I said, uh, <laughs> I said some of them have a point, you know, but you, you'll we'll find out shortly. I'm looking forward to next year. It's gonna be great, Mrs. Dungey, and uh, you know, we're really gonna see Ryan next year, and I, I think he's gonna do awesome. And um, and so far, I mean. Hasn't worked out, but I I just don't think he has the speed those guys have. I think uh, Dungey and Kennard needs a start, but Dungey Kennard are better than everybody else. Reed's a tick behind those two, even though Reed rode great this weekend. Reed's a tick behind those two, and everybody else just fighting for the scraps. So uh, I don't know, kind of what it boils down to in my eyes. Wow, Kennard everyone Henry. else is just a big pile of junk. No, I didn't say that. I just said they're fighting for the scraps from fifth back, you know. We've had four races. We've had the same top five in uh, in in two and three of them. Um, and we had Kennard off the top five just this past weekend. So, you know, the stats say that there's five guys right now. And Metcalf, you know, got on the last turn. But um, what about Kennard? Ping, uh, your, your guy. That's your new guy. <laughs> Uh, 
Mrs. Kennard listened to the show and told me that she was uh, laughing when you said you were going to make him sandwiches, whatever he <laughs> needs, uh, whatever <laughs> whatever he needs. Um, whatever he needs. I don't know what he eats, but I'll make it. I know that's I, my boy. I know you've seen it on TV, but and they didn't, but they didn't show too much of him. But I got to tell you, he was uh, <clears throat> he was you know a terrible start, and he was sketchy like many times, almost ate it, but. Um, he can't keep riding like this. He can't keep going to LCQs and and just almost dying. Like it's gonna, have, he's gonna have to settle down here, right? Yeah, you know it's weird that he's got those moments because he's so smooth, and then all of a sudden something he just gets jiggy. But when you're last, you got to do something. You can't just cruise around. So he's, you know, making it happen. He needs to get some starts and circulate with those front guys and get used to that pace, you know, settle for fourth and fifth a little bit mm-hmm. until he starts getting comfortable at that speed, you know? Right. Actually, my mistake, That's my, opinion. my mistake too, uh, the oh, LA Reed didn't make the top five. He had a game from dead last to seventh, their fourth best time. But, uh, so we haven't had the same top five at three out of four. We should, oh. we should have though. But if nuts and butts were candies and nuts or whatever, um, Hey, good ride for Metcalf, um, Weege, huh? Yeah. He, 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 you were hanging out with him after the race a little bit. You might have been pretty happy. Yeah, it's a pretty cool deal they do. Everybody, um, the factories all they even have booths arranged at these races for folks that don't get to go. They have a couple of suites upstairs where the factories, usually the truck drivers, videotape the races and they go back and watch it. Well, um, Metcalf's wife, Sheena, does it each week, and she videotapes nothing but him. And it's pretty cool. There's probably, all right, Maybe there's not 20 guys shooting 20 riders, but there's probably at least 10 or 12 people that shoot every main. Wouldn't that be cool if we had, you know, the Supercross network and you could just pick which rider you want to watch the entire 20 laps of? Like, who who watches Ivan Tedesco for the 20 laps when he's, like, battling short for eight? Like, it's probably exciting, you know? No, you but we, no we got to get a Traxxas, a word from Traxxas in there. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, even if you have any race on TV – they right. can't replay the main event 20 times with 20 cameras on 20 guys. Yeah, They've got to yeah. pick certain guys. Right. So anyway, it's really actually cool to see that. And a lot of times that table scraps battle there, you know, 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, mm-hmm. it's just gnarly. Yeah. Just gnarly. And, and Metcalf was in there with uh, with Wyndham and Stroop and Millsaps and then eventually Kennard. And, uh, I mean, Kennard had him. Kennard had a second or two on him. Um, uh, Nettie blew the triple. With two laps to go, and it was done. He was going to get six. And then that Rich Wrinkler trademark rhythm lane, he made up like five bikes in the last turn. Mm-hmm. And uh, not fine. It was, it was pretty exciting to watch. And not only did we not see it, because we were paying attention to the winners, Honda PR man Bill Savino was up there. How did that go, man? <laughs> he said, hey, what happened to Card? How did he get past? Oh, I wasn't watching him. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, isn't. Don't you only have one factory guy in the race, yeah. in the main event? Yeah. Isn't that your job to watch your only guy mm-hmm. on the last lap? Hey, uh, uh, um, yeah, Ping and I have watched those videos till our eyes probably bled. Um, yeah. We used to have to watch them at Yamaha after the race, and I'd be like, you know yeah. what? Timmy got fifth. I'm going home. And, you know, Reed won. And everybody's like, okay, let's watch this video of Reed. And I'm like, dude, he won. All right, let's go. But anyways, I was very bitter. Hey, everybody. This is Steve Mathis. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for reading everything I do, as well as listening to the other shows. I know it's a lot of crap. One of the reasons I'm able to put out a lot of crap is because people are paying me. 
And then one of the things that you guys need to do to help support my crap is by buying crap from these sponsors. So listen to the commercial. It's a lot of crap. See ya. Thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com podcast show. Please don't forget that BTO is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bike car body. You'll find deals like a Shoei VFXW helmet for $309.99, 45% off, or Smith Piston goggles for $32.99, 65% off. Your order can be shipped in anywhere in the USA for free. Or if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide. Check it out at BTOsports.com. Racing since 1970, O'Neill is the original American MX company supplying fine apparel, protection, and accessories for over four decades. O'Neill is proud to support top racers worldwide, including the Moto Concepts Yamaha Racing Team in the U.S. Supercross and Outdoor National Series. In 2010, O'Neill worked with top racing professionals, including Grant Langston, Tim Ferry, and Ricky Dietrich, in developing its all-new 2011 line. O'Neill's hardware line is the toughest money can buy and has been critically acclaimed for durability, fit, form, and function by Motocross Action Magazine. Hardware pants and jerseys are designed to function while putting you ahead of the pack in fast-forward fashion. When it's time to gear up, check out O'Neill.com or an authorized O'Neill dealer near you. Hey, Ping, have you heard about this ghost video stuff that's going on right now? Nope. There's uh, and I've known about it for a couple of years. I just haven't been able to say nothing about it because because Brooks made me say nothing about it because I saw it like when I was in their lounge hanging out. But now this company is going around to the different teams and shopping this technology. What it is is you film from the from the press box. You know, you mount your camera exactly the same every time. And we, I don't know if you noticed, the Sam Manuel guys had um, electrical tape for their tripod for their camera mount. So that they put their camera. why? So they put their camera in the uh-huh. exact same spot. Okay. So what you do you is just you overlay one guy over yeah, another, and yeah, the technology is is you you can overlay, you film, 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 uh, film different guys, and then you overlay three or four guys over top of you a ghost image, and you can see their lines and where they went. So these guys are in the pits shopping around to different teams. It's really pricey, but uh, sort of a next level thing to watch video yeah. with, as opposed to your your drunk truck driver eating a pizza trying to film you you know but uh looks like he's having a seizure of these uh, yeah he's cheering you on like, or whatever dude, what were you doing when you're filming it? i'm getting sick oh uh, there's all everybody's had those classic moments where the truck driver's filming the wrong guy you know <laughs> right ping like you're just like what are you doing pat miris the yamaha driver i mean I, I don't think he could name four guys you know he just drove a truck that's it so he could have drove a chicken truck he could have drove a uh, frozen burrito truck could have drove a, a, a truck full of horses or a supercross motocross truck. It didn't matter. <laughs> um, anyways, Ping, so you haven't heard of that? Okay. All right. No, I've, I've heard, I know they use that in other sports and oh, I've heard of it. Okay. I, I didn't know it was even, I didn't know anyone was bringing that into motocross. But. Yeah, Sam Manuel's had it for a few years and, and I believe Suzuki ha- has it and stuff. So hmm. that's kind of cool. That's a good idea. Well, how, you don't know how much they're charging for it? Man, I heard think here i think it was like 60 a thousand bucks a race Ooh. for them to do it for you maybe it was 1700 a race including expenses or something i don't know it was expensive for sure so um 
anything else in the 450 main? Weege, catch your eye. Any other riders or anything? Uh, um, once again, Regal hasn't hasn't shown us much. He went down again hard. Chisholm went down hard. Tedesco, Tedesco's tenth was was pretty good considering he wasn't even going to race. He jacked his back up. So um, I think we kind of mentioned the uh, Millsaps and Stroop. Um, yeah. uh, they they came up with this. Forget the thousand dollars a race ghost imaging and all these other um, high tech traction control and all these things. Uh, apparently, what JJ would come up with for Millsaps was to ask him to try. And uh, they asked him to try, mm-hmm. and then he tried, and he rode much better. So that was their little breakthrough there. Um, yeah, you gotta, you got to listen to that interview I did with J-Bone after the race. <laughs> Millsaps was riding much better. Uh, went up to master practice, and then after the races were over, and I said, what did, what's the difference? And he said, yeah, I just actually tried to go as fast as I could, you know, uh, I went out there and I like scrubbed the jumps as hard as I could instead of just jumping them, and I just tried as hard as I could to go as fast as I could. Yeah, and that was the you difference. know he's made some profound statements like that the last couple of years. Like, you know, me and my trainer just figured it out. I'm just going to go out there. I'm going to ride as hard as I can. <laughs> Bro, you're getting paid way too much money to have epiphanies that are that ignorant. I mean, come right. on, right? I talked to uh, a guy who would know in the off season. I wrote a column about Davey. I don't know why I subject myself to doing that, but the 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 the, the, the guy with the talent that can't make it work has always fascinated me. Uh, Ron Lachine um, or Bradshaw, you know, a career that didn't. It's always fascinated me that story. But I talked to a guy who know who told me that Davey Millsaps has easily cleared seven to ten million dollars in his career. No. Yep. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Yep. Whew. Yep. He and he broke it down for me pretty good. So, um, this guy was in the know, and uh, yeah, seven to ten million dollars he's earned. Wow. Well, wow. borderline minus fifty percent here, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Maybe. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, it, there, it, but yeah, I don't know. I interviewed J Bone after the race, Ping, and like J Bone probably shouldn't. Be as open and honest as he is, but he's he's really good. Like for a media guy, hey Weege, like, oh yeah, yeah, he's always been like that. Yeah, even, even in his mechanic days. For sure. Yeah, he's really good. And I was just like, okay, so hey, Davey wrote better tonight, and he's like, yeah, yeah, we uh, we've been talking to Davey a lot about uh, about uh, trying harder, and uh, you know, tonight he looked like he tried harder. And I'm just like, oh my god, oh Jesus. Poor guys. Now, I think when Millsaps is saying that, I think what he's, in his mind at least, what he means is, you know, I was hurt, I lost a part of a kidney, I'm, I'm not sure what kind of fitness I have yet, so he's not, was not trying because of that, is what I think he thinks in his mind. I'm not sure if that's what J-Bone thinks or what anyone else right. thinks, but he, right. he's, he's not saying, like, I was just straight up lazy, the first two or three races, yeah, yeah. supposed to be that I was coming back from injury, but I, that's what he says. There's just always something. There's any kind of any kind of lifeline he can grab, he grabs. Elbow, bike, kidney. Yeah, the the thing is, you know, I talked to Ezra quite a bit at A1, and he said, man, he's been doing the work. He's, he does anything I tell him to do. He's really been good to work with. So I was thinking, man, cool. Maybe we'll see Millsaps, like, yeah. come out and surprise some people, like do what Brayton did in the heat. And then, like, just do a slat. You know, I thought, oh. Yeah. <laughs> It just shows you how mental this sport is, you know, like yeah. either your head's right or it's not. 
and that dude is so talented. Yeah, and is. for whatever reason, who knows? I mean, there, it, it could be a cornucopia of issues, but his head is not in it. And I, the only thing he, he could either, he could either come back and win a race this year, or he could never see the top five. Yeah, I mean, well, last year's San Diego win came out of really nowhere. He creatine. It really came out of nowhere, you know. <laughs> so maybe he does it again, you know. Yeah, um, that's totally possible. Yeah, I, the only the, yeah. the thing that 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 makes me still believe is uh, is Yogi. I talked to Yogi this weekend too, and Yogi's a good dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and he's not, I don't think he's doing this for his for for his health. You know, he he'd very happily be back in Georgia teaching his tennis clinics at three thirty every day, and. uh but he he's uh you know he says he's doing the work and he says he's 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 listening to Yogi more and more and more and so he's like I'm gonna keep doing it until uh you know till this guy doesn't listen to me anymore so I I'm gonna keep giving him a doubt keep giving him the benefit of the doubt for now but but let's talk about Brayton coming out in a stacked heat and not only winning ping but winning going away why can't he translate that every race. Always, I mean, last in LA, a solid fifth. Although we we did make jokes about you know none of us seeing him, uh, but just just something holds him back. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I, I the fifth was great. I don't know what happened this weekend. I I wasn't. I didn't catch. Yeah. What went on? But just crashes. Just crashes. Well, I mean, crashes happen. Mm-hmm. What are you gonna do? You know, yeah. if he can put more of those fifths in, that's a but if you're hey, if you're Brayton and you you know certainly I have like I said I have those Manitoba titles, but you have a little bit more on me. Um, if you're Brayton, do you do you come away going, hey, I, I smoked the heat race, I, I got this, I got this, it's coming, I'll figure it out, or do do you just go into despair and be like, you know, oh God, I crashed, I can't figure this out. I don't know. I don't know where his head's at. No, thanks I for mean, that. 20, Expert analysis. 20, no, twenty laps is way different than six or eight or whatever. You can pretty much hold your breath and pin it for eight laps mm-hmm. you know these guys can i mean not me right now but <laughs> not me either <laughs> certainly not you <laughs> oh thanks <laughs> well i'm just saying not if you're not obviously these guys are even if they're not fit for 20 laps they can do eight laps so i think it's way easier to get your mind wrapped around that like all right i'm just gonna like lay wood down for eight laps you know and if i wash out and turn i can still get up and get ninth you know, so, but when it's 20 laps, I don't know. There's not a lot of guys that can just really pin it for 20 laps. That's really, really hard. Right. So, you know, I, I tell people, you know, go, go down your street, you know, go find an open road and sprint like as fast as you can run for 20 minutes and like twice, twice every minute, hold your breath for eight seconds. Like <laughs> simulate going through the whoops. That's what it's like right. riding a supergrass. I mean, and you have to keep your speed the whole time. It's really, really hard to do. So a lot of times those guys end up pacing themselves, and uh, that never works out that well. The guys who are fit and can throw it down for twenty will smoke you. Right. Hey, uh, anything on that, Weege about Brighton? Time machine comments or anything? Yeah, I had the time machine comment there. Too. I, don't have one. I kind of want, Brayton's one of those guys, say, like like Shorty, who, you know, has 
had most of the success at the upper level, you know, didn't do much as an amateur. So it's, I often wonder with guys like that, when they get to this point, like how big of a wall do they have to go through to be like, you know, oh, wait a minute, yeah, I can win races. I can, you know what I mean? And then when the pressure's really there, um, you know, in the, in the main or, you know, in Shorty's case, you know, how many times have we come so close to getting that win in a 450 and it just couldn't quite happen? I, I, that's, that's what I wonder sometimes. Guys that have won a lot in their life as amateurs and in every other level, maybe it's not such a big thing to finally get that win. But for those guys, like for Brayton, if he ever wins a Supercross in a 450, that would basically be the first pro win he's ever had. So that's pretty big obstacle, you know. Uh, that's true. I'm sure he's going to yeah. claim that that's not part of the issue, and he says he's ready to go and confidence isn't an issue. That's what he says. But, hmm. I mean, that's a big thing. And Shorty, how modest is Shorty, you know what I mean? Like, you've never seen that guy go out and be like, well, I'm just going to smoke these dudes. You know, he always gives the competition tons of respect. And I have to wonder sometimes if that's not a, a hindrance. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, good points, um, all of it. What did you think of Shorty this weekend, Weech? What did you, you see out of him? I didn't notice him too much, although there's nothing on that track that that bike had trouble with. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Here we go. Just, yeah. just, just, this is just was, interesting to me. He was way back. It seemed like about five guys started in, like, 19. Like, yeah. I don't know where Tedesco, Shorty, Kennard, they were all like, nah, like short, I don't know how that happened. Short snuck around the inside. Um, yeah. He was way back. He snuck around. He went inside, inside on the start. Uh, he was terrible coming in to, down the start. Just, you know, 100cc or less. Could have something Why to do with that. Oh, uh, okay. Just, you know. okay. And uh, oh, snuck okay. around inside, inside. and came out pretty decent. And then he charged on from there, you know. Um, he was getting caught a bit at the end of the whoops, ping. But, you know, these things happen. Um, at least there was nobody cutting a course anywhere that I saw. Were there any doubles across the corner? Nothing? No, but I was strange- going to get to that when we, get, when we start talking about Brock Tickle. Strangely, Ryan Dungey <laughs> cut about five seconds off the track and no one said a word. I'm the only yeah. guy that was like, and I forgot to write about it actually, Weege. Which I was, forgot that too. Which was really dumb of me. I should have wrote about it. Okay, Ping. I, I heard, right? He, he went off the track and yeah. wasn't penalized for it he, in any way. He cased the triple, shot off the track, and went and went it made a diagonal line cutting out that corner table that you were watching, cut cut that off and turned right and probably gained three to four seconds on Reed. You're saying he gained the time. Absolutely. Weege? Yeah, wait a minute. This blows my whole theory because remember how I said he got pressure in Villapoto and then battled Reed and took off? No, I thought you said he battled Villapoto. Part of the yeah. part of the taking off. Look, the <laughs> only the, 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 he took off by cutting the track. The, the only way yeah. the only the only reason that I didn't raise more of a stink was because Reed caught him at the end. Certainly, if Reed hadn't caught him and he hadn't he should have been penalized some seconds and probably would have ended up third anyways. I talked to, you know, Iron Fist Jeff Canfield. And uh, oh and Canfield's like, yeah, he entered at the first safest spot he could, and I'm like, okay, but you you can't miss a jump. You have to penalize him. I mean, sure, he did a smart thing by entering at the safest point he could, because after he landed, it was just a giant tabletop. But you can't you can't do that. So well, what, what the rule is: enter at the safest spot and don't gain an advantage. Right. Don't gain. So, Jeff said, don't gain a position, and I said, well, now now here's the question though. You said, let's say he gained three seconds. I would say two to okay, three which, seconds, yes. Okay, so that's a pretty significant amount of time, but did anybody finish 
within three seconds of him at the checkers. No, no, and that's what I mean. The only reason, okay. the only way it would have affected anybody would be Reed. And Reed got him. So. Well, so then maybe that's why they just left it alone. Well, apparently there was nothing going to be done. Nobody cared. I mean, I, I was ranting well, and raving. Well, I promise you had Reed finished all up on him. Yeah. <laughs> Osterman, I've seen that guy fly off the handle. <laughs> yeah. Good point. He would have been on there punching people, I screaming, saw, ranting, I, and raving. I saw him at Hangtown when he was the Yamaha Troy guy, and I was on, working on the factory, yelling at Keith McCarty like Keith was a cabana boy who brought him the wrong drink. I mean, I'm thinking, dude, this is McCarty. This is, you know, your boss, in effect. And he was going off on McCarty. <laughs> I'm just like, wow, this dude does not care. Hey, um, I, I, I worked with that guy back in 91 when he ran um, wide open racing. You remember that yeah, company? Yeah, yeah. He covers and yeah, graphics. Yeah, he covers and graphics. That was him? I MSA, didn't know. Right? You remember that? Yeah. Uh, and he always seemed so mellow and low key and no big deal. And I, you know, I'd see him occasionally, but the first run I had him with, where I, I really realized his personality is a little more dynamic, was when he was working for YOT. It was like one of the Anaheims that year, and Sellards, and I think they had Kelly Smith. I remember who else. And Brock called me and said, Hey, I left my practice bike at the truck. I took off after the race. Could you go grab it? So I walked over there, and I'm like, hey, Dave, um, Brock said he needed his practice bike picked up. I was going to take it home for him. Wow. I mean, he went bananas, dude. It was like <laughs> something you'd see on like a late-night infomercial. But, like, yeah. he started screaming to me about the things the team wasn't doing right. And what, what, you know, the riders. <laughs> I'm like, bro, I just was doing a favor for Brock. I'm, and, you know, yeah. I've never seen anybody. And this is the middle of the pits, like right as all the teams are breaking down. Yeah. Wasn't like we were no. alone somewhere and he, he was venting. He's intense. He's intense. Yeah, there's, everyone within 100 yards knew his issues that night. There, there's some mechanics that worked for him that would like to set him on fire. Um, just didn't work out with some guys. Uh, you know, I like Dave, uh, but he, he's intense. Um, he's a good dude. He's just very intense. Yes, That's yes, exactly. Uh, um, Weege, what about um, – so we talked about short. What about uh, – Stroop. What about Stroop? Yeah, let's talk about Uh Once again – I talked to him. I thought he was a homeless man, but he was actually Austin Stroop. He um, he said, hey, Mathis, what are you going to talk about me this weekend? Are you going to talk shit on me because I, I didn't finish? And I'm like, no, nah, man, you rode pretty good. I mean, he's got – dude, he's got speed. He's got talent. It's going to oh, yeah. – the light's got to come on, right? The, the, the little light bulb above his head like in a cartoon. Well, something's changed here because then you mentioned uh, – yeah, you know, was that last week? Whatever race it was that he all of a sudden comes to you and started talking to yes, you. Yes, that's – And it's like yeah. it's the guy who's avoided every media person in interview for like the last two years and then saying like, hey, why don't you talk to me anymore? Yeah. Um, well, he gave me that too during the track walk. Hey, man, what's up? And I'm like, huh? <laughs> uh, You're like, go away, homeless then, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He's a homeless man. First, I'm like, how did you get on the track? And – and then, wait a minute, you're also – I was actually more surprised to find that it was a rider. He seems to have it's aversions true. to wearing team shirts or team team anything. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So after the race, and I even interviewed him, and he was, like, pumped. I'm like, hey, you got a few minutes for interview? Oh, man, yeah, it really helped me if you get the word out, explain what's going on. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Um, yeah, so he just explained how his shoulder, he didn't even get back on a bike until November, and he knew he wouldn't be ready for Supercross, and he didn't plan on coming back at all until Houston. So he said, ah, what the heck, I'll go to these races. 
and kind of just use practice to even see where I'm at. And then he would go fast, and he would try the heat, and then he would be pretty much spent, so he wouldn't race the main. And so what he's basically saying is, I know it seems weird that I'm not even finishing these races, but I'm not even supposed to be racing at all. Um, and he said, I'm trying to turn my life around. I'm trying to change things up. I'm trying to get my name back out Did there. Did he say that? Did he say that to you about his life? He's trying to turn his life around? Yeah, he, he even said he even said that, yeah. Now, the sad part is, though, I think I remember him saying that the last two years also, when, like, the very beginning of the year when he would do interviews, and then it was just then it was gone. Well, I did a podcast with him last year. Yeah. Um, and the Suzuki PR lady was like, that was awesome. I, I, I've never spoken to him at all. I can never get him to call at me all? back. I can never get him to call me back. I can never get him to do anything. I, he he's, he always shuts up. Yeah. And I learned so much from that show. Thank you for doing it. No, John Knowles set it up, by the way. Scott Goggle, oh, yeah. Maven, John Knowles set the whole thing up for me. And he was really cool on the show. And, and uh, I mean, I've made jokes about him. And, and he's certainly one of those guys that maybe have fallen through the cracks a bit. But he seems like when you talk to him, a straight up dude. What do you think, Ping? What do you think of Austin Stroop? I, I honestly don't know him that well. Yeah. The, I think when he, um, you know, the last couple of years have been not good. When he was riding for Pro Circuit, I mean, I think that was a huge blown opportunity. Um, he was not living right. And uh, I think he'll definitely regret that. I, I hope he turns it around. That dude is really, really talented. Let's not uh, forget he got five seconds in a row until he got hurt. Uh, last year's East Series, you know, behind Purcell. Yeah. So. Well, even the 450 races he did last year. Yeah. He was on it, you know. He couldn't last the whole race, but he would, like, whole shot and scrap with those guys. Yeah. Like, I, I was tripping. I'm like, wow, he can ride a big bike, you know, really well. So, yeah. hope he gets it together. I just know he, you know. Didn't you do a feature kinda, on him? Didn't you do a feature no, story on him? He just kind of fell into the same you know, pitfalls that a lot of guys do. Tons of money at 19. Living in California, no parents out here. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. All right, maybe I was, I'm getting that confused with the feature you did on J-Law. Um, I think I did do a feature on J-Law. You did? Yeah. How was it? Remember? It was all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <You know? laughs> All right, let's move. Uh, let's... That dude, there's another dude I really wanted to like, but he just would never change. He, he's coming back, 450 outdoors, Suzuki. Yeah? Yep. Good. Good for him. <laughs> uh, Weege, what else in the 450s? Anything else you want to talk about? I want to talk about well, West, I, Weston First Pike. of all, I just want to make it official that once again, J-Law, what his plans are, hotter topic than Porcel once again. No matter, Marcel is gone, gone, hasn't been mentioned, thought uh, about. His numbers got, might as well have just retired. Russ Stratton. Uh, do you know, do you yeah. know that movie Clash of the Titans and there's Medusa and she looks at you and you turn to stone? Yeah. Russ had a glare at me like he wanted to set me on fire. Like, he's, he just, <laughs> just looked at me like he, that dude does not like me. Does not well, like me. Well, the ruined Kristoff's career. You know that, we right? did. I do. I do we know did. that, yeah. I, I've heard that many times. Paying you and I. And somehow Steve Cox, who has done nothing but blow Porcel for a long right. time. Yeah. yeah, I was going to send him knee no. pads for Christmas. Yeah, no. Uh, and, and Russ said Steve Cox is name in the same sentence as myself and you. And I'm like, okay, it's official. 
this guy's gone crazy because Steve Cox always wrote well good things about Purcell. So, anyways, he that dude. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I was gonna cut and paste. It, it got to the point where the in my column last year, I had to start writing, and once again, I just want everyone to know that Christophe Purcell is actually cool. Blah 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 blah. Because I said it so much, I would have to write. And once again, I want to add. Um, but yet we did him in. I could hear it. I could hear it on the TV show. I could hear it with you. Yeah, so, guys. What what about Fabian Iswad? Oh yeah. I just wanted to say that name. Is Iswad? Iswad. I don't know how you Iswad, say it. Iswad. Iswad. No, I think you got it. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like a male model. Like it sounds like. Fabio? You know, yeah. Fabian. Hello, my name is Fabian. Is that your girlfriend? (laughs) You know? Um, He's going to make mains, I think. I've seen him. I've seen him quite a bit at Bercy and at the GPs and stuff. He raced the beginning of the year last year. He did. He did. I think made every one or close to that. Yeah, no, for sure. Although, you know, with the Cowie thing, I mean, Matt LeMoyne turned it down. Jake Moss got hurt. Teddy Mare got hurt. Canari, they didn't like. Enough. Um, wow. Know. Teddy Martin. Teddy Mayer got hurt? Yeah. What did he do? He broke his collarbone the same weekend that Jake Moss got hurt in Germany. Jeez. Oh, brother. Dude, yeah. that kid, his window might be closing, but that kid had a lot of talent. I wish he would have gotten a better chance down here. You were going to hire him for Troy Lee, right? Yeah. yeah. I I really wanted to, and um, – we ended up not having the budget for it, but I tried him out and he looked good. I yeah. mean, no, he's, he's that good. kid's style is really, really good. He's Canadian champion. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, Ping, looks like flying uh, flying freckle has taken up uh, a bigger role on that TLD team. Well, yeah, he, you know, he's Cole is his boy because Cole and Brandon are buddies, so uh-huh. he's stayed with Wardy a bunch and. Um. You know, yeah, he just, I think Troy said, look, someone's got to get through to these kids, so. <laughs> Ping's not working. Warrior. It's not working with It's not working with the 101, so next up. <laughs> I wasn't panning out with me this year, so. What's the deal? What, what What's the deal? Just, I mean, were you not into it as much? Were they not into it? What? Well, they they said they wanted me to either be fully doing it or they didn't want to do anything. Because I, I could only really go out with them one day a week. You know, my deal was, hey, well, let's – I don't need to be with you every day. Your mechanics go out with you every day. I designed them a program, mm-hmm. which only one of them ended up doing. And um, I said, if I'm coming out once a week, we can work on things you need to work on, discuss it, go over it, work on and then you can, you know, right. still practice those things as you go out in a week. And they just – it just kind of got weird, and, you know, they wanted me there more, or and yeah. eventually just got to where I'm like, well, all right, I'm wasting my time with this one day a week, so yeah. I kind of cut it all off completely. So that's what got weird? It didn't get weird, like, sexually at all or anything? Like, when you say weird? Didn't, didn't get weird sexually. Yeah. No. Just, yeah, got weird the other way. The other way. Um, all so, right. But it's all right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's good. It's pro- it's better for me anyway. I don't, I don't really have the time for it. Mm-hmm. I got enough crap on my plate, and... Um, Wardy certainly knows what he's talking about, and yeah, so, I'm supposed to talk uh, to him tomorrow, actually, for podcast. So, 
Forty. Yeah, Wednesday. So, I want to get a start. Forty's a good dude, man. Forty is a good dude. He's so gnarly. He scares me. He's so gnarly. He's just gnarly. Um, all right. You want to move? To, let's move to two fifty class. Uh, Let's talk about Brock Pickle, the guy who should have had his win in Anaheim (laughs) 1. If it wasn't for (laughs) a cheater line that robbed him of his, you know, first victory. Yeah, ridiculous. And and you know what? He would be in the points lead right now if he had had those three points back. (laughs) All right, there. I said it. I don't want to talk about it anymore. What else? (laughs) Weege, did you have have something else? Oh, yeah. Uh, As we transition from 450 to 250, in between that lies 350. (laughs) <laughs> what about the 800? What about the 800? We mentioned Shorty. Well, I, I don't uh, buy your theory today in your column. I'm sorry. No? I, I don't. I do not buy that theory. Um, I think you're a little out there on that. But hey, whatever. I we've all got our out there. We all got theories that we put out there. Certainly, I have a few things out there that I've put. Yeah. You know, I, arth- I think arthritic dogs and such. But um, I said it last week. I think he's. I think he doesn't really want things to go well to prove his point that he shouldn't be riding this bike and riding Supercross. That seems insane. Um, think of who we're talking about here. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying, they've done some crazy stuff in the past at this point. Right. I can't put anything so on it past. Yeah. Is Tony coming back into the picture? What's the plan for Tony? There was a Facebook posting by Tony saying, What's going on? I may have to go back to the races and straighten shit up or something. Yeah. <laughs> now, is this not all coming? Is it like the? Is it? Is does this not seem like the plan? The master plan has. Well. Um. Is exactly exactly the way they wanted to execute it. We gave the coster a few weeks. Yeah. Not working out. I'm gonna have to come back. But see, I did try it. I mean, when Tony came on the Pulp Show the very first week and dropped that bomb on us. That he's not going to the races anymore, and everybody thinks Roger DeCoster's so great. Well, now let's see what he can do. Um, you know, everybody wants thinks Roger's the, the man, so I'm gonna just stay at home and I'm not going to any races. And I gotta admit, Weege, that 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 theory went through my head. I'm like, you are nuts because you are now turning this around into into like a you know reverse theory of yours, where now you're away and Mike's not gonna do well, but. That's what I'm saying. I don't like, know. Why, how could he be? Okay, I know he's always been bad at the whoops, and this is an exceptionally bad whoop section, but Dan Reardon passed him in a turn. Yeah. Why? Ping, can you be Can you be uh, that bad at Supercross and that good at motocross nowadays? And we don't see any of those dudes. That, that, that doesn't happen to anybody anymore. I mean – you can a little bit, I guess, but but yeah. Mike's not bad at Supercross. I mean, he had that year with Suzuki. He had some decent rides. Yeah, he was inside right. the top ten, and he's top five. Made made the podium at Indy. Yeah, there you go. So you know, you're telling me a guy who's podiumed the 450 class can't qualify. Yeah, on a work bike. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't care maybe. if you're missing 100 cc's or not. Like. Yeah, maybe we just theory is is, is right. I, that, hey, how if, can he beat this bad? If Tony comes back in, and Mike starts turning it around, what is gonna? <laughs> I mean, this is just gonna be this is just gonna be the greatest the thing height. ever, right? Leave the height. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's Mike was not good through the whoops. Not good. Like, ping. I doubt he was on TV very much for you to see. He was terrible. So. Well, what, what do you think KTM would ever 
you know, they're contracted with Mike. So it's like, okay, let's make the best of this here. Yeah. Why wouldn't they just throw him on a 450 right now, pull him out of Supercross, start doing 450 testing, get him dialed. The last time he raced that 450 outdoors, he was fast on it. He whole-shotted everything. I know. And let, you know what I mean? He could literally, I don't know if, he, I don't know if he'd be a title contender. He'd, be, he'd certainly be at the front. I can't believe, like, when I think it was Everett's, maybe it was DeCoster, but maybe it was Pitt Byer, maybe it was Heinz Kindergartner, maybe it was Corrado Motti. I don't know. But someone came out and said, the 350 is our future. We are a 350 team. We are looking forward to the future, and this is the way of the future. And, and, and I'm just like, why would you say that? Because now you've painted yourself in the corner. And you can't break out that 450. If you could break out that 450, you could be like, yeah, see, we're awesome. We have two bikes that are awesome, and we're awesome. Yeah, they, they should have hung their hat on their versatility. Look, we make bikes for, you know, we're yeah. going to run the 350 and Supercross and the 450 Outdoors or right. or whatever our guys want, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want to run a 200 not, EXC with a headlight. They can. Yeah, not like this is all we're going to do. Do you remember that statement? It, do you remember that, Pete? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, you're not going to get the entire – as much as they or anyone else wants it to happen, all the other manufacturers are not going to drop down to 350 cc. It's just it's <laughs> not going to happen. Yeah, no, they're, they're laughing right now. Um, so I, I don't know. 450 is carbureted still, which Ping, you know, in Supercross, not 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 very good. You know, especially not coming good. off an EFI bike. Um, we don't we didn't. I don't think any. Hold on, though. Hold on, though. Just pump the brakes. According to a certain other publication. Bike of the year, bike of the millennium, True. KTM 450, best bike ever built by human hands. Because ever. it has grab handles to put on a stand. The side panels are probably <laughs> the side panels are probably big enough to put numbers on, and they like the gas cap that they could see the gas when they pour into it. That seems to be three of the bigger criteria for for that for that publication. I mean, when you talk to other guys from magazines, oh, and it matches your helmet. <laughs> And it matches your helmet. <laughs> and you know what? At REM, they bring out four bikes for us every week, and it's awesome. Um, when you talk to other publications, and Ping, well, Ping, you, sh- you you had a shootout. I mean, and I'm talking Jimmy Lewis, Maeda, Rich Taylor, who tested them, um, Lutz, Brendan Lutz. When I talked to five, six guys. And and the only and they could not believe that 451 one MXA shootout. I mean, they are all in disbelief. But hey, whatever goes goes, you know. Well, uh, yeah. Anyway, I don't your, buddy, old your buddy, your buddy, fact about it. But. Your buddy, factory Phil was in our in our studio, Pulp MX show, uh, Mondays at six p.m. By the way, Pacific. Um, your buddy Phil said it's the best bike though. <laughs> so, so Phil and MXA. I think it's the best bike. Phil said it was the best bike. I think he did. No, he didn't. He probably said he liked it. Yeah, maybe he didn't say it was the best he bike. He didn't. In our shootout he didn't pick it. He picked the Suzuki. Um and I love I love the three the pro three fifty people that are going before the season they're like, Oh, it's it's so much lighter. You can throw it around. It's not any lighter. It's not any lighter. It's the same weight as but, a 450, but, it, but it's it 100 cc's less. A it's, lot lighter. It's, it's 100 a lot cc's less. Rotating mass. Oh, God. 
I, I promise you, you ride it, it feels lighter. It's definitely more nimble. If you get me some heavier springs, I'll ride one. Well, I don't have any springs at all here. <laughs> okay. I was thinking no. you had them in your garage. I wasn't was no. sure. <laughs> you don't have white power springs for a locomotive in your garage? <laughs> um, okay. Look, look, we've gone too long. Let's talk about 250s. Did you just say looking? <laughs> I think you were trying to say listen and look, and you threw out a looking. Yeah. Uh, looking. Yeah. Looking here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm upset about the 350. I feel like my buddy Andrew. Sh- I feel like my. I feel like my buddy. <laughs> look on more. Look on. Um. Hey, Ping on on the Pulp Show last night. Uh, a reader sent in Kenny Watson's Match.com profile, which he denied ever writing. But yet, instead of saying the headline is, it's Vegas K Dub, and then it's supposed to say look no more. You found your guy or something, and it says, look on more. (laughs) And then it just so happens that Kenny didn't make that profile, but yet he's the most horrible spelling person in the world, except for the guy who wrote the profile. (laughs) Oh, Good times. Now, listen, I feel like KTM is wrecking Andrew Short's career right now by making him ride that bike. That's all. No, I'm just kidding, but I don't know. Whatever. Do you be, think he'd do better on their on their 450 right now? Absolutely, without a doubt. Hmm. Weege? Weege? Huh? Yeah. What do you think? Uh, You've seen it. I would say that another 450 perhaps, but the KTM, that carburation deal, man. Yeah, well, a, okay, yeah, you got a point. Yeah. And, and also, I, I will say that they've probably done a lot of development in the 350 over the last year, say. Yeah, because uh, yeah. Westy's probably been on one since about this time last year, right? Even for the production rule, not yeah. even including what they've done with Caroli. Yeah. So, I know everybody says, "Why don't they just throw a 450 out there?" But yeah, I mean, Shorty didn't Shorty say he never even really tried it? No, he never tried it. Yeah. Right. So they would literally be throwing him on one, like almost literally, like get on it. <laughs> now, I mean, no testing, no development. So I don't know if it would quite. The I don't co- know if they have that easy solution. The Costa would lift him up like Hogan. At, at SummerSlam 87. <laughs> and throw him on the bike. Throw him on the bike. Okay, 250Fs. Tickle one. Uh, how much do you think the win had to do, Weege, with the conditions? Like, Seattle was so different than what we had, but Tickle blitzed that race. I got to think the conditions played a factor, right? Yeah, but, but Anaheim and Phoenix, he wasn't that far off. I mean... He led a lot of laps, and Kenny eventually kind of worked them. Well, I guess he worked the track in Anaheim 1. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it, it's not like Kenny was blowing him away. I mean, it, it's not inconceivable that he was close. He took one little step, and it was good enough to turn the tables. Right. Um, I, I wouldn't say it was all mud. How about the dichotomy ping between Hanny and Tickle? Like, how about just the – I know. <laughs> Two different guys completely. Right? Oh God, you couldn't get any more different, you know? <clears throat> well yeah. I'll tell you, I, I'm curious to see if this you know, like we said, if this is now Brock will be able to take it up another level. Because after he got that win last year, um you know I don't think he did anything the following weekend at Salt Lake. And Vegas he didn't 
set the world on fire. You know, I mean, that didn't like trigger a right. sort of a step. But he's definitely on a different team now. He's right there in the points. Um, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see from here on if he can sort of take it up a notch and and push Hanny a bit more. For the fans watching, we better hope so because Hanny's definitely kind of proven to be the guy. I like the, get a little sneezy. Uh, the new mature riding for points, Josh Hansen. Huh. Yeah. How's that? Right now, Tickle is 17 points ahead of third place, which is, which is of course, shocker, Ryan Morris. Um, 17 points after four rounds. Pretty good gap, huh? Yeah, it's big. Uh, Weed, do you think that uh, Tomac's going to get a win, though, next? Yeah, I now put him ahead of Roxon, I think. Talk about, like, talk about someone driving right? the bandwagon, Ping. You should have heard this guy talk about Tomac. Oh, God. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I, I, first of all, I, I really thought he was going to win L.A. But uh, like I said last week, Philly settled down first and got it done. Uh, and then here he got the whole shot. And I'm like, okay, well, now it's definitely going to happen. And he fell. Um, so I really feel like at this point it's going to almost happen an accident. He's putting himself in the right spot. Fast, good bike, blah, blah, blah. I don't see why this combination won't happen. Uh, I would I would bet that he gets a win this year too. Yeah, before he's he's, he's just got to keep you know put all yeah. the pieces together before uh, before Roxon. Yeah, I don't see Roxon winning one. He's he's uh he's less impressed me. He's a bit impressed me less from the opening round, but I don't know why that is. Just I don't see the crazy balls out speed. That I saw when he got seventh at the opener, but maybe he just you know a few crashes and all of a sudden he's like, hey, wait a minute. Um, well, you only have to yard dart yourself so many times before you go. You know what? I better slow her down. <laughs> That's not fun. Yeah. Uh, stop me if you heard this before, but Cunningham went down in the first turn, and but he did come all the way back up to seventh. Good race for for Kyle Cunningham. Remember the heat race, Steve? Um. No. He was in third. Oh yeah. I'm trying to remember who was down. Oh from. yeah. He's in th- it was like two. It was. It was Dude. like two of the. And he'd come from like fifth or sixth. Yeah, he come from like fifth or sixth. He was on fire. Yeah. Yeah. On fire, making up huge time, closed in like a second or two, and like one lap got to the rear wheels and then crashed into sand. <laughs> Man, what do you do, Ping? If you're if you're him, I mean, do you, do you do you just keep hoping that it comes together? Uh. Or do you do you, do you back it down a lot to survive? You know, because I mean I'm not talking necessarily big crashes, but he just tips over. It's like Ryan Hughes is always around him, helping him tip over. I don't know what the deal is. I mean, he needs to figure out what the hell keeps happening. Right? Because it's it's just not it's not like oh man, bad luck. I you know, mm-hmm. it's he keeps doing the same. Things. I don't know. Nice kid, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice guy. Um, so basically, both of you are in agreement. Weege, we're gonna see tickle Hanny to the wire, right? Well, as far as points go, uh, yeah. yeah, I think so. Max- and I don't see either of those guys throwing out a horrible race. Where, mm-hmm. like, even Hanny wins a bunch, tickle can still finish second, so it'll still be close down the wire. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, terrible, terrible day for uh, TLD. Sealy broken rear brake yeah. pedal. Baker out early. Not a good day. 
the highs of racing and the low. What's the what's the wide world of sports thing? Um, thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's what TLD yep. had this weekend. They were one Eddie the Eagle crash off the ramp, short of that exact commercial. Yeah, exactly. I uh, I, I can't believe they broke a rear brake pedal too. That's that's odd. Normally those things are brake snaked on and. And they're pretty tough. They were they were break snaked yeah. on too. Yeah, because they had another one break earlier in the season, so they they put snakes on all of them. Yeah, uh, and they actually they did a bunch of testing this week with a sledgehammer. <laughs> really? Yeah. On on like... stock ones and the ones they were using, and with break snakes, and to figure yeah. out how many pounds of pressure it took to. Yeah, they, they broke you know. an aftermarket one, right? Not a stock one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know. <clears throat> I feel like you guys are pretty much over this podcast. No, I'm, I'm telling no. you. Well, you're both really lagging right now. I'm really you... looking for points. I got my notes in front of me, and I'm really digging deep already in my points because no one wants to talk about anything. What? Well, we need something interesting to talk about. Well, bring it. Like want... I just told you that a team is testing brake pedals with a sledgehammer. That's not. No, that's that's the first good point in the last ten minutes. We gave good stuff on Tomac. We mentioned Cunningham. Um, I don't. I, what, what are we missing? We, what, what are you we don't have wrong? to justify. You hey. don't have to justify this show. It, Matt, it's Mathis's name on it, so he's the one that looks like a turd if it's boring. Hey, okay. How about this? I brought this up. Let's on just the... mail it in. <laughs> Pulpamac. This is Pulpamac. I'm going to put it on. Pulpamac. I'm going to put it on speaker and take a nap here. Just... <laughs> Beat that me when you're done. So, two, two snores if you agree, one snore if you say no. Um, what about this? I, I raised this. I raised this this uh, issue last night on the Pulp Show. My co-host didn't want to have anything to do with it, uh, which which doesn't necessarily mean anything. He could have just been distracted by anything, something shiny. Okay, so Stewart goes down in the first practice, and it's pretty much it's pretty much a concussion. Um, uh, no doubt about it. I got the people who talked to him and said he was kind of glassy-eyed. And in those situations, the doctor is supposed to, you know, evaluate you and let you know if you can race or not. A lot of times guys have been out for the night from a head injury. Now, I'm just, just – I'm not – I don't have any agenda here. I'm not throwing it. I'm just – what do you think of that, Ping, when perhaps a guy doesn't let himself even get looked at for a doctor to judge whether he can race or not? You're a racist. <laughs> Great, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> just, just throw you down under the bus. I right know. Now. No, but you know what I mean? It's an interesting <clears throat> thing. Like, uh, Well, I mean, he he's the only one that knows for real how hard he hit his head. I think, if, I think he and the guys around him would be smart enough to, if he was like, you know, if, if you hit your head hard enough to have what they call retrograde amnesia where you don't remember what happened or, you know, like, your days for a while, for a while, not sure where you're at or what's going on. That's significant, you know. If you hit your head and you kind of, you know, get a few little flashy lights and then everything comes back and you're like, "Dang, that that wasn't cool," but you're okay. You're probably okay. Yeah. I mean, you know. So I, you just have to assume that he. You would hope that he's smart enough to make that call. I just know I talked to a couple oh. people that are like, "Oh, you know what? There's no way he's even going to get allowed to be. He's not even going to let them look at him." You know what I mean? 
Well, does Asterisk have the ability to say, ah, oh, yeah, we're, you know, you can't race? I don't think they do. No, I think they do. Yeah, I think well, if they look at you and they, de- they, de- they determine that, they'll be like, yeah, you're out for the night, bud. You're, you're, talking, you're talking Russian and you're, you're looking for a KTM 450 with Jody. So you're out, you know? Mm. So, uh, I and don't know. they force themselves to test you in the first place. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't think they can. Yeah. Ping, I mean, you've certainly probably ridden when you shouldn't have, right? Uh, you know, not, not really. I, I, well, I never hit my head. There's that, the only there's, time I, there's that harder, when I, there's that digging deep by David Pingree. <laughs> well, no, I, I, I mean, I had shoulder injuries, separated shoulders that I rode with. No, but I mean, I mean yeah, I meant head injuries. Like you've never, no, I, n- yeah. I never hit my head. Honestly, the hardest I ever hit my head in my whole career was when I broke my bike in half in Phoenix and I, I still didn't get a concussion. Maybe like a, you know, low grade. I, I didn't. Yeah. Get knocked out or anything right, else. Right, right. But I was spitting up some blood and I was telling my mechanic, I'm like, get that stupid unicycle and that back end back together <laughs> so I can go out for the L C Q and uh and Bonner was like, dude, you're spitting up blood, like you could have torn something loose, you need to go to the hospital. So I would have I still would have gone out and raced. And I ended up just sitting sitting in the hospital next to Casey Johnson who was cracked out of his mind on morphine, telling me stories about you know <laughs> Candy canes and right. Norwalls. I don't know what he was talking about. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like Nick Way this week. Did you see Nick Weege when you went by the truck? No. No, he was – no. he screwed hangs around for media work, man. No, I, I, think he, uh, Nick, I think Nick was there. He was upstairs in his gear uh, laying on the floor. No. He, he couldn't move. He hurt his back, I and mean, he was on Viking when I went and seen him, and he kept telling me to F off and, and, and what the F do I know. And, and I'm just like, whatever, dude. I just came to see how you are. <laughs> he starts swearing. Oh, wait, wait. Are you – Oh, this is the Vicodin talking, huh? Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, he was all he was all whacked up, and he was giggling, and then telling me to f off, and what do I know? And and I'm like, whatever, dude. You're still in your gear on the, laying on your side on the floor. So. Yeah. How many other trucks said that to you without people being on drugs? Yeah, yeah. A, a lot of them. <laughs> hey, this 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 weekend, I uh, was talking to Trey in the in the Honda hospitality truck, and uh, I poked my head in there. And Keyhill was right there, and he's like, "Hey, what's up?" And I'm like, "Hey, what's up?" Shane Drew was there, and and then uh, someone's like, "Come on in, Mathis, and eat." And they're like, "Hey, Gary, Gary Martini, Mathis can come in and eat." And dude, he just gave me a death stare, just a death stare. Another guy that gave me a death stare. I'm like, "What? Uh, I'm good. Never mind." <laughs> Martini, Didn't... Martini, the most congenial man in the motorcycle pits. Right, right. It's not me. It's not me. It's him. It's his. He's got the issue. Oh. I wrote something about Honda not being the number one team anymore, and he flipped out. I guess. Um, hey, what about uh, Ryan Marmot? Seems to have escaped any of his brother's bad luck. He's been riding pretty good. I don't know what happened to Mo this weekend. Sixth, you know. Yeah, he he still can't ride during the week, dude. He's still that. He's still that way, huh? Yeah. There's your. There's your concussion example. Yeah, yeah, no, I, well, I know what Phoenix. Gets his he's heart rate up. over like 120, and he gets a pounding headache, and he gets dizzy, and dude, pull him out. Pull him out, otherwise, dudes like me are gonna write that he sucks. You know. Uh, yeah. Certain point. Yeah. True. Hey, uh, Weech, Weech, quiet ping. You probably never saw him on TV at all. Uh, quiet night for Wyndham, huh? Been a couple of cool nights here, um, and even, even worse, he's even had pretty good starts. Mm-hmm. 
I think I hate to go back to our preseason podcast with me you and JT, um, but I think that was your prediction that the the, the pace that these dudes are going to run this year, the chances that they're going to take, you know, with all these guys back and healthy and right. pushing each other, um, that might be a lot for. 32-year-old guy to go for it. And it seems like it's almost a little bit worse early in the race when those guys are really nuts. Right. Um, yeah, he's just not going to push it. He, ha- he, hasn't, he hasn't pushed it for a long time. I don't know. I don't know, but he's, he's had it. He's, guys have gone through him that I thought he'd be a, a little bit closer to. Although, again, usually mid-season is when he starts getting his mojo. So, I guess yeah. there's been about three or four seasons where he said, all right, he obviously can't push it anymore. And the next year he wins like three races. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think well, the question is, what did he do in opening ceremonies? <laughs> did he cross some lanes, do something cool? Yeah, he crossed oh, yeah. lanes. He always crosses lanes. He did a nose wheelie. I know that blows your wig back. <laughs> um, the crowd now watches him in practice because when the checker flag comes out in practice, they know he's going to go and take his cross lane, like one shot of practice at it. And for only like 500 people being in the building when this happens at like 2 in the afternoon, it gets pretty loud. Yeah. Pretty impressive. Ping, I feel like you should have used the crossover to gain a bit more popularity when you raced. <sighs> during the during the heat race or something? Just like <laughs> jump across three lanes? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah, ring out that RM125. You know, I did used to be part of opening ceremonies. Remember when they used to roll all the teams out? You remember those days? No. I you don't, don't remember that? What year? No. All the teams? Yeah, 94. 95, uh, 96. What? Yeah, they'd bring, like, the whole pro circuit team would ride out, and then they'd bring, the, you know. Yeah. All the, fa- you know, there was, like, seven, six or seven factory teams at that time. I don't, I don't, that was it. I don't remember that, yeah. They'd bring them all out. Uh, um, I do remember when Leanne Tweeden would go down the starting line, and the riders would introduce themselves while they were prepping their gate. And uh, I'd always try to guess how many were banging her. You know, by by looking at their body language or whatever. Yeah, what was your guess? I don't know. Uh, Half. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm just like, I wonder which guy she hooks up with, and I bet you there's some of these dudes. And Chad Watts. Yeah, he wasn't getting introduced though. But really, huh? Chad Watts? Really? Yeah. Yeah, I lived with him, and that's how I met her. I was like, huh. Huh. Was he, well played, uh, Mr. Watts. Well played. <laughs> Here's to you, the most interesting man in the world. Uh, was this was this Chad wow. Watts when he was uh, uh, Beefcake or before Beefcake? When he was like, could have been walking down the freaking boardwalk on Jersey Shore. Yeah, see. Greased up gorilla juice monkey or whatever they call him. <laughs> yeah, see, I feel like I missed my window to do that. Like that was, that's probably the reason why he got her. It certainly wasn't his English speaking. You know what I mean? It wasn't his English speaking skills. Like you can understand what the guy was saying. When you say you missed your window to do that, do you mean to get in shape or to bang? <laughs> Both. Both. <laughs> I got one lead. To- <laughs> feel like I, I feel like that's what I was missing to bang chicks like Leanne. You know, that's what the one ingredient. I, I mean, I got humor. I've got skills on a motorcycle tuning them. <laughs> I just didn't have the body that Chad Watts had. Hey, how does it work in, like, the pecking order of, uh, like, where does the mechanic fall in? Like, if you're going out with your rider, and I know 
it probably wasn't Timmy's specialty. <laughs> but throwing somebody else to Birdwell. I mean, I don't think... Oh, uh, Birdwell, Birdwell, slay, Birdwell slayed a lot of right? girls. No, Birdwell left me behind. Is that how it works? He left me behind, Birdwell, and I was few, bitter at a few times. Yep. Whew. Him and wow. Deegan. Typically, yeah. we typically, the mechanic is jumping on a grenade. I got The you. grenade of the group. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, I, I had a few instances... Uh, where I rode shotgun, and I always got the friend. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yep. But, I mean, sometimes you did all right, you know? Like, yeah. so, I mean, I don't know. But, Chad, I'm still, I'm still blown blown back that a mechanic hooked up with Leanne. Wow. Yeah. Are you sure? I mean, I didn't stand there in the bedroom and watch, but... <laughs> No, I, I think they went out for a while. I mean, they oh, like okay, like hung yeah, out. yeah, like no, no, but you know, like I, I mean, you just said that you maybe you saw him at a party once together, but like, you know, I live with Chad. Like she would come over a lot. So wow. okay, yeah, Chad did good though. He had another girlfriend that was, and he always did well. Was this when the before or after he ripped the door off of your place? Uh, during. Same same time. Same time. Same time frame. Yeah. <laughs> when he turned all Hulkamaniac and turned, ripped the door off. Yeah, we got two of my mountain bikes stolen. A bunch of crap out of my bedroom. Yeah. Just because he couldn't, couldn't get in. Couldn't couldn't wait the two minutes for me to climb up and slide up. You know, go yeah. in my window and unlock the door. He just had to blow our garage door off its hinges. <laughs> Hulk smash, Chad smash <laughs> garage. Hey, he now he was was he with Rhino at the time. No, this was Ricky. Uh, I, what was the combination like when those two were the rider mechanic combo? When it was when it was Rhino Chad, and Chad. Chad wasn't juiced up then. He was normal Chad. Yeah, yeah, he was skinny, skinny, uh, skinny Chad. Ooh. Skinny North Carolina uh, okay. hillbilly Chad. I see. So that when he it was kind of when he when he was working for Pershawn, That's when he found the vitamin S. <laughs> <laughs> hey, w- one time when he was working for Ricky. They wouldn't let him on a flight at Orange County. They just wouldn't let him on the flight. I thought he was going to smash that that time, too. I thought he was going to rip the plane door off, you know, much like your garage door. They were like, yeah, sir, you can't come on. And he's just like, you know. Raw shirt comes off. I'm just like, wow, this dude's going to lose it. Me and Dave Dye were laughing. But uh, anyways, good times. Um, well, I'll tell you what. You can make jokes about that guy. He's got a lot of championships. Oh, I know. And race wins racked up in his resume. Yeah, I don't think that whole thing with RC was was too cool the way it went down. You know? Eh, well. I don't know. But, yeah, there was a lot to it. There was uh, a lot to it. Yeah, no, I, I felt bad but for him. But either way, he had, you know, some national wins with Rhino. Motocross of Nations stuff. He had two championships with Deshaun. Two, three, four, geez. It's like four with Ricky. I don't Probably know. Like Probably a lot. Yeah. I'd say at half of Ricky's, right? He had all his Kawasaki ones, right? Hey, let me let me ask you guys this. Can, can, I don't know. If you, a lot of them. I was, I was writing an email to somebody about some of my accomplishments um, <laughs> as, a, as a mechanic. And <laughs> can I claim the Disnations even though we got second? Like, can I claim just being a member you know, and being like a, a highlight, or because America lost, does is mm. it just sort of stricken from the record? Stricken. Really? Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Just, just checking. The rest of the highlights would have been wins, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I think there's your answer. Well, I just think even being selected to go, you know, is a pretty big honor. Oh, is it? So it's actually an all-star game of mechanics also. Yeah, listen, you know, we really need Mathis there. Let's invite Tim Ferry so we can have him. <laughs> All <laughs> right. All right, you got me. <laughs> that's, that's not what happened. Where they have the point where they just pick riders and they pick the best three mechanics and the best three riders. They may not match. That'd be cool. What if they just what if they just pick the three best bikes and the three best riders and the three best mechanics? <laughs> they were just like, "Hey Mitch, none of your guys really catch our eye, but we like your 250Fs. So we're going to take one of those. Wyndham, you're on that." You know? <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? It would be awesome actually. I'd like to see him bring him back, bring back like some type of event like the old Kawasaki Race of Champions at the World Mini. Yeah, you ever watch those? I've never seen them. I just, I, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't know how they even pulled it off. Like, yeah, Bud Man, like guys who were, you know, R and D Suzuki riders, just somehow for that event, it's like, yeah, I'm gonna ride a Kawasaki. Now, now, correct me <laughs> if I'm wrong. Did you ever ride one, Ping? No, okay. I was, I was kind of um, right about the time I started. Okay, being good, they. Quit doing them. Were they, but I went to. I rode sixties at a lot of those events where they still had them. Were they bone stock? Bone stock. Suspension and bars, everything. grips, everything stock. Oh, can you just imagine those dudes bottoming the shit out of those bikes? You know. Yep. Wow. Jason Fernet. For, Jason Fernet got to ride it because he was the Canadian eighty champ. Mm. I was always jealous. I got seventh. He won. So I was only six places away from going. <laughs> That's my claim. Can I put that as a claim to fame? Yeah, you put that in an email. Six places away from going to the Kawasaki Race of Champions. Okay. All right. Well, thanks, guys. We're going to wrap it up with that. Did we do enough for you? Was this That's... was this up to your standard? I mean, I just thought you guys bogged near the end. Maybe some readers uh, can send me an email, Steve at pulpmx.com, and let me know if they what? think. Hold on. One more question. Yeah. What about what about the move to Oakland? Because I've been to Oakland, <laughs> and I won't probably go back my, unless I have to. My hotel was nice. I price-lined it. I was downtown. Uh, nice courtyard Marriott. Where were you at, Weege? Uh I stayed at a Nick McCabe's house where I met sports in San Jose. Not much better, but oh. I did make the mistake of driving past the entrance of the stadium because it's right on like this bridge, and it's hard to figure out, like, where where you get in, and, and I went probably like a mile too far, mm-hmm. and man, that might have been the last thing I ever did. Yeah, all the cracking guns you can like, buy. I'll tell you what the oh, the, yeah. the the I880 from my hotel to the stadium was seriously like driving uh, through Beirut after the bombing. It had <laughs> the biggest holes in the highway that I've ever. I mean, it was just gnarly. It was like a major road, you know, and I, just bang, bang, bang. It was just crazy. <laughs> I was just like, what's going on? But uh, uh, Ping, that I actually uh, clearly you didn't read my observations column today. Um, the reason they went to Oakland was to get more fans, and they succeeded three thousand more fans via the announced attendance than they had last year in San Fran. Well, did they sell out the what is it the AT and T? Yeah, park they or came really close to it, didn't they, Weech? 
Yeah, I guess it was a deal. It's very small, and they pretty much couldn't fit anybody else in. I can't, can't believe that's the reason, but I guess so. Okay, and so how many more people does this stadium hold? This one holds probably another 20,000, 30,000. <clears throat> and they got 3,000 more. So, you know, I don't know. I guess mission right. accomplished. I, I mean, I, I didn't see – DV tweeted something about being scared of where his hotel was and he didn't want to go outside. So uh, was the stadium itself a crap hole? Uh, whatever. It's just an old stadium. It's just like Jack Murphy or Qualcomm. It reminded me of that. Didn't it, Weech? Yeah. Yeah, but I don't think it was as bad. Like, honestly, I don't think it was any worse than uh, Dodgers. Yeah, no. I mean, it was just an old stadium. Yeah, yeah just another old stadium like like Dodger, like uh, San Diego, like uh, like Orlando. No, no, no yeah. I'm just kidding about that. Well, no, no, I don't think it was, yeah. I don't know if it was Orlando level. That was what I said in my call. Everyone was pumped, like, man, we need to go to Dodger Stadium. It's awesome. Oh, and then, man, next week we got to go to Oakland. But stadium for stadium, really? Yeah. About the same. Yeah, it's just cool and, being, um, being in L.A. Yeah. and being at Dodger it's, Stadium. Wait, right. it's just because that stadium has more specialness. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yep. Yeah. Once you actually go, you're like, I don't know where the specialness is, but it's definitely known for being special. Even okay. the Dodger dogs, like we said, known for being more special than they really are. Uh, well, though, we each pointed out correctly, the Oakland Coliseum has the Bash Brothers, has, uh, has an yeah. Oakland Raider titles, though many, many, many years ago. So, um, you know, I mean, there's some history there. I like that, that. when they had Lyle Alzado. Um, yeah, oh. remember that dude from yeah. his commercials he did. Yeah, vitamin S. <laughs> well, it wasn't for vitamin. Yeah, that's what killed him, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, Ping, you're going to Anaheim too, the actual race, right? Yeah, I'm gonna actually be working for Asterisk. So, oh, you are. Oh. Yeah. For a story again? Or No, no, just for some practice. Well, it's not going to be exciting next week's podcast. Yeah, I got the best seat in the house, brother. Yeah, for sure. And uh all right, so we'll do this again next week and uh yeah, in the meantime, uh see you guys later and uh and thank you for doing the uh, RacerX BTOsports.com podcast show. Thanks BTO Sports. All right, bye. Bye. This has been the BTOsports.com podcast show brought to you by RacerX. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take your money. The Working Class Hero. Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The Dogger, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I had pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not 
just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX on the iTunes Store to enjoy these and many more great podcasts. I won't let these die.